take a moment and pray. Father, thank you that we have the privilege and the honor to be with you right now, that this moment is different than the moments before earlier this morning because, Lord, we are here, we are in your presence, and, Lord, as a result of being in your presence, we want to know you more. So thank you. Thank you that you meet us when we come with praise and adoration. Thank you that your word does not return void. And we ask that your word would get in our hearts. Thank you, Lord, that you're made known to us in the breaking of the bread. So, Father, just as we're here, let us be present, because you're already present. And let us leave here different from the way we came in, because you were made known to us. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. How many times a day do we get interrupted uh, for something in our life as a result of, of something being urgent? How many times throughout the day something urgent happens that kind of disrupts that greater plan, that there was the things you set out to accomplish that day? I don't know how many of you have that to-do list. It's really impossible. You know, we, we, we look at all the things that we want to get done between work and family, and, and, and we look at that list, and we, we maybe wake up excited that we're going to get to those things that we didn't get to the day before, the day before that, and then the day begins and the urgent happens. And, and those things begin to invade what we originally wanted to get done. And there's a difference that I want to take a look at. Even what Jesus will teach us in the gospel message this morning, there's a difference between what's important and what's urgent. Now, waiting to the last minute to submit a final paper for school, that's urgent. Having a life of study is important. Being in debt is urgent. But learning how to get out of debt and budget in your life is important. When we get sick and we have to go to the doctor, it's, it's urgent. But having a wellness plan for your life, that's important. And there's a difference in the two. There's a difference that has to take place in our lives. And in 1954, a speech to the Second Assembly of the World Council of Churches, uh, President Eisenhower was quoting Dr. J. Roscoe Miller, president of Northwestern University, and he said this, I have two kinds of problems, the urgent and the important. The urgent are not important, and the important are never urgent. This became known as the Eisenhower Principle and how he organized his priorities. President Eisenhower recognized that great time management means being effective as well as being efficient. And what does our life time management look like? What does that look like? Do we just run Harry from thing to thing to the next thing? And, and if that's so, then what are we struggling with? What is, what is the thing in the process that we keep responding to just what appears to be urgent? And if we ask someone right now, how are you doing? You know, how, how is it going? It generally used to be, I'm busy. That was a general statement. I'm busy, I'm busy, I'm busy. But if you ask someone right now, how are you doing? They say, I'm in the middle of a pandemic. What do you mean? What do you mean how I'm doing? Um, I'm, I have a sense of uncertainty, of discontent, of anxiousness, of fear. That's how I'm doing. That's what's going on. And trying to balance between what's urgent and important now and reevaluating things in our life. And if there ever was a time or a moment in our lifetime to say, I really need to take a look at what's important and what's urgent. I need to evaluate some things in my life. 
to find out what those priorities are. Now is that time. And I understand the demands that we have from work and family and the struggles that we go through and the balance that we wrestle with to find in between. And, but how do we become effective and efficient? What would that look like for our lives to become effective and efficient? That we would discover along the way what that God-given purpose fully is that we're called to live out. And how do I manage my life around God's greater purpose for my life? Because here's the truth. The Lord has the most excellent plan for our lives. We have to hear that. And each of us have a significant role to play for his kingdom purpose. Each of us. Here's what I know is certain. Every person watching or sitting here, you are important to God. Amen. You're important. That if there was just one of us, Christ still would have came and died for the one. And you're important to him. You're created in his image. And God has a plan and a greater purpose that he wants to live out through your life. And that we have to recognize the importance of that. We have to recognize the relationship that he's calling us to. And th the truth is that when we get our spiritual life in order, the rest will take care of itself. But we have to begin to look at that. We've got to begin to say, how do I do that? And one thing I know is when I read the scriptures, if you ever notice, Jesus was never in a hurry to go anywhere. Ever. He wasn't leaving from one town going, come on, we got to go, and grabbing the disciples, and, and you know, oh, we're late, we're late, we're late, we got to go. He wasn't. He just didn't hurry. He just kind of went about his business, went to the next village, to the next town. Because he was always doing what the Father called him to do, that 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 he was going to that next place. Now the disciples were always in a hurry. Disciples were always to the next thing, but he wasn't. Jesus was always right where he was supposed to be. What would that be like in our lives? What, what would it be like that I'm right where God wants me in my life? What would that look like for my life? That that. Those urgent things are not pulling me away, but I'm actually where God wants me in my life. We read in Mark's gospel in verses 32 to 34 that the whole city was gathered at the front door of Peter's house. That, that they brought all the sick that were around them and those who were demonically oppressed and, and Jesus brought healing to many. And this whole city that would have gathered around uh, Peter's house would have been about 1,500 people or so. This whole day of ministry actually started, if you read a little bit before that, when Jesus, after he called the disciples to himself, after he gave that proclamation, the kingdom of God's at hand, he calls the disciples to himself, he goes back to Capernaum, and then the, the next day when they go into um, the synagogue, Jesus begins to teach as one with an authority unlike they've ever heard. And then he casts out the one who's demonically oppressed. And, and the synagogue is in awe and wonder of who this is and what he's doing. And he ministers there. Then they head back to Peter's house. Peter's mother's sick. And Jesus prays for Peter's mother. And, and she gets healed. And like any good Jewish mom, she wakes up and says, let's eat. Let's have a meal. Let's prepare something. Let's get together. Let's fellowship around the meal. And then that continues. And word gets out in the synagogue what took place. And people went to their homes and they went back to those who were oppressed and sick. And, and they brought them back. And they all showed up at Peter's house. And I've been to Peter's house. Not that big. And 
And, and that's quite a crowd outside the door looking to get in, looking to make contact with this one that they've now heard about. And Jesus brought this healing to many. And it, it seemed urgent in that moment. It seemed urgent what was taking place. It seemed urgent that all had to meet him and be touched by him. But in Mark 1.35, it says, Now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight. That's early. He went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him. And when they found him, they said to him, Everyone is looking for you. Where did you go? Didn't you know this was urgent? Jesus, I got 1,500 people outside my door. And they're not looking for me, they're looking for you. Where did you go? What happened? Why did you leave? See, what's urgent will always, see, will always scream louder than what's important. And what was urgent to Peter and the disciples wasn't as important as Jesus departing to a quiet place to pray. It wasn't, it wasn't the same. Knowing the text this morning and uh, for this weekend and for our services and praying and preparing for the message. And um, the Lord, I believe, has a sense of humor because for some reason he decided to wake me up way before daylight today. So that's early. And I get up early generally to pray, but this was like way early. This was like, Lord, it's way too dark outside. It's like one of those moments you wake up and go, you lay in there and you go, surely this is not God versus it could be God. And then you start to barter with God. Like, well, Lord, just let me get a little more sleep and then I'll get up. And, but it was one of those nudging moments. It was something important that God was trying to tell me. So important he wouldn't let me go back to sleep. So important I had to get up. So important I had to begin to... To, to listen. And, and you know what's so awesome about that time? No one else is around. And still, that early morning, in that quiet place, God said, I had an appointment with you. And it's important. And it was important now, in this moment. And Jesus going off to a place where I can imagine with all those people in Peter's house, there wasn't any quiet place to be with the Father. But that's where he had to go. That he had to head to that place to hear the Father's heart, to be one with the Father. In 1960, Charles Hummel wrote a book that derives, it comes from this text, and it's called The Tyranny of the Urgent, which became popular guide to many management and, and personal product, productivities for both churches and businesses. And it's a great book. It's a great short little read that kind of begins to put what those priorities in place are and really what is the tyranny tyranny of the urgent all about. And Charles Hummel says this in the book. He says, your greatest danger is letting the urgent things crowd out the important. That that's a greater danger. And Jesus knew his mission. And to focus on what was important, he would retreat to pray. So we've got to ask ourselves, what's the difference? What's the difference between what's important and what's urgent? What does that look like? Well, here, important activities have an outcome that leads to us achieving our goals. That's an important activity. Urgent activities demand immediate attention 
and are usually associated with achieving someone else's goals. And the important thing in our life is going to take time, it's going to take energy, it's going to take resources, and it's going to add value to our lives and value to others' lives. The urgent things will take actually more time, will actually take more resources, will actually take more energy for us to accomplish, but they'll tend to devaluate the thing that's more important. So we have to ask, what, what is that difference? That even in the midst of this incredible outpouring of God, that the Holy Spirit is bringing forth this move of healing those who are gathered outside of Peter's house, there's still something more important that Jesus had to do. There was still something more important that was in front of them. That it wasn't going to be completed in that moment at Peter's house, but there was something greater. And this is what Jesus said to Peter and the disciples in verse 38. He said, let us go into the next towns that I may preach there also, because for this purpose I have come. That Jesus came for this purpose, that I may go to the next village to preach the kingdom of God. That I have to go to the next place that I have to bring this message to the next village, to the next group who have to hear this same message that this group has heard. And what if Jesus didn't do that? What if he didn't continue to advance the gospel message, the kingdom of God was at hand? What if he didn't? What if he just stayed there? What about the people he wouldn't have met along the way? Those who've got miraculously healed and ran off to share the incredible news of what Jesus had done for them in their life. Uh, the woman at the well that he met, the, the, when, he, when he went and cast out the demons out of legions, and all these different people that he met along that way that were all part of God's plan and purpose for him to continue to advance the kingdom of God by bringing that good news into others' lives. That that's the more important thing. The most important thing that we need to know if we're a Christian, if we're one who's going to follow after Christ, is that God loves us. And once we know that God loves us, he calls us to love him in return and love others. That's the most important thing. And that's how we live out our life, knowing that. That's the important thing. The important thing is that relationship that he calls us to. That when Jesus came preaching that kingdom message, that good news, that we respond to it. And here's what Jesus was saying to them. Although there are those who are sick, those who are oppressed, those who need healing, that he's more concerned about our spiritual healing than he is our physical one. That we can go to heaven maimed, it's okay. Because that's an eternal life with Christ. But we might be seeking after that, that, that physical need right in the moment, but he's more concerned about the spiritual need. He's more concerned about the condition of the heart. He's more concerned that we got that truth of his gospel message in our life and how we apply that. So to discern the difference between what's important and what's urgent, I encourage you to take some time to meet with Jesus. To make room for him in your life in that way. And if the urgent in your life is keeping you from the important, get before the Lord. Just get before him and say, Lord, you know, there's things that I'm looking at in my life, and I do it, and I've got to recognize it, that there's some things in my life that just are not that urgent, that are taking away from the things that God has planned that are more important. And I want to be about God's more important things in my life. Because here's what I know. There was a decision that I made many years ago to make Jesus the most important thing in my life. 
When I encountered that love of who he was and I surrendered and I said, Lord, I need you and I can't do it. I've tried to do it in my life. I'm living in the tyranny of the urgent and Lord, I'm clueless and I don't have an understanding. And when I surrendered in that moment, he became the most important thing. Then I began to live my life about his importance, not mine. And, and what does that look like? How do I be that follower of him? How do I calm the tyranny of the urgent, those things that are happening around me? How do I let him in and be the first and most important thing of my life? Then everything else can follow after that. Proverbs 16.8 says, A man's heart plans what? His way. And the Lord directs his steps. I will make my plans, Lord, but you direct my steps. Now here's something I want to tell you. If you'd like to take that proverb and begin to pray that, what I can tell you is God will promise to meet you in that prayer. But you better expect a holy disruption in your life. Because the truth is, my heart, my heart's ugly. I know, we, oh no, my Lord, I love you with my whole heart. No, no, no. I needed Jesus to come and heal my heart, to cleanse my heart. I don't want my heart, I want his heart. And my heart's all about me. It's about my plans, what I want to do. It's about all the things I want to accomplish and then say, God, you go ahead and do that. Versus that, that if I'm going to allow him to direct those steps, you know what that means? He's going to change my heart. And he's going to change it in such a way it's going to align to the more important things that he wants to do in my life and through my life. And I said earlier, each of you are incredibly important to God. And he's got an important work within each of our lives and a role to play. So we have to look at that and say, Lord, how do I... Do that. Well, we could pray that, Lord, that you'll direct those steps. And then I'll welcome that holy disruption in my life because I want to be a part of your greater purpose and plan to be lived out in my life. Don't let the current disruption or the tyranny of the urgent keep you from God's greater important thing that he wants to do. we got to keep going and keep pressing in. We have to allow even in the midst of all the busyness, this is about letting our bodies catch up with our souls and allow our hearts to be changed and aligned with him. When we do this, what we'll discover, what the Lord has in store for us, is the more excellent way and the most important things that he wants to accomplish in his kingdom in our lives. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you are first and foremost the important thing in our life. And, but Lord, we might be struggling with just making you that. So we need help. We need you to direct our steps. And maybe there's those of us, Lord, right now that we're watching online or we're here in person and we've just been having a hard time getting back to you, the most important thing in our life. Or maybe there's those who just, Lord, haven't made that decision yet to say, Father, I need you in my life. I surrender and, and, and come, have your way. And you haven't made that decision. And that surrendering is being reconciled to him, is understanding that he's the one who's come to take the sins away in our life. And to be reconciled, I have to turn, repent from my old life, and say, Lord, you come into my life. And his promise is an eternal life with him. But it's a work that starts in our heart, and we've got to welcome him into that place. So whether you want to renew that relationship, let him meet you in directing your steps, or whether you're just right now making that first decision, I want to give you a moment to pray with him and ask him in your heart that way. So just repeat after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I need you. I thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. 
I open the door of my heart and I ask you to come in. Take control of my life and make me the person you want me to be. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now, if you prayed with me, whether in person or online, here's the most important thing you need to do. You need to let someone know so that now you can begin to start that journey or restart that journey. So if you're online, you can click a button, let us know, hey, I prayed that if you're here in person on your way leaving, you can see one of the hosts at the kiosk, and we're going to help you because we're committed to that pathway of discipleship to help you live out God's perfect purpose and plan for your life. Amen? Amen. Peace of the Lord be with you. Thank you.